So, hey guys, welcome back to Accelerated Investor. Hey, it's your host, Josh Cantwell. And I am super excited today to be interviewing Dan Breezy. Dan is the co-founder and principal at Granite Towers Equity Group. Dan oversees asset management, acquisitions, and investor relations. Dan it currently resides in Washington, but invests in Texas, Dallas, Fort Worth, in multiple markets on the East Coast, including Nashville. But listen, this is one of the coolest things. Dan is a former professional snowboarder with more than a decade of snowboarding professional experience with multiple X Games gold medals. And his passion for real estate really is what drives Granite Towers in a growing market in a healthy direction and focus not only on finding amazing deals for his investors, but also philanthropy. So today, Dan and I are going to talk about number one, some of his criteria that he uses to find great markets and find great deals. Number two, Dan's going to give us four different resources and ways to stay educated in today's market. Number three, Dan and I talk about five different ways to structure your debt and get the debt right. Number four, we're going to talk about the difference between a good amateur investor versus a professional investor. And finally, number five, I asked Dan specifically the one thing that it takes to be a successful investor in today's market. You're going to love this interview with Dan Breezy from Granite Towers Equity Group. Here we go. Welcome to the Accelerated Investor Podcast with Josh Cantwell. If you're looking to retire early with forever passive income, you're in the right place. This podcast is the go-to destination for real estate investors, both active and passive, and multifamily apartment investors, both new, intermediate, and advanced. Now, sit back, listen, learn, and accelerate your business, your life, and your investing with the Accelerated Investor Podcast. So, hey, Dan, listen, so excited to have you on the show today. Welcome to Accelerated Investor. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Awesome stuff, man. Listen, Dan, um, I'm always interested to see, especially because we have so much wild things happening in our economy right now. I'm always interested to talk to new guests about how they're navigating today's market, some of the things that they're looking at when they're making investment decisions and projects that you're currently working on. So let's talk a little bit about projects first and tell our audience a little bit more about what you're working on that you're really excited about. Yeah, yeah, you bet. We, uh, we're we working on buying a B-class deal in Garland, Texas, 113 unit, 55 plus community. It'll be our second Garland purchase. Um, Capital is already raised, so it's not a, it's not like we're out pitching it or anything like that. But we're working on putting that together um, right now. You know, in this market with what's happening with interest rates, I think you need to be buying in markets you're familiar with, and you have strong conviction that rents are going up and occupancy is going to remain strong, and then just get a really good handle on your debt. You know, right now, I think the piece that we're seeing with most deals that are coming to market or it seems like you may be having distressed sellers is they didn't get their debt right or they have a balloon payment coming. So 
when we're buying now, it's 100% focused on markets that we've got a good understanding and getting our debt right. So that's kind of what we're excited about right now. We've got another deal coming out in Nashville, Tennessee, a 90 unit deal that's going to be coming here in the next 30 to 45 days. And same situation there, strong market. This will be our third deal in Nashville. Just getting the debt right and you know, using underwriting that we feel is conservative based on that market and that specific submarket, and then just putting together strong deals. Love it. Love it. So help our audience understand when you say get the debt right, what does that mean to you? Yeah, for us, it's just lower leverage. We're 70% or less, probably in that 65% loan to value range. So we're raising more capital. We're probably showing a little bit leaner cash on cash return due to that. We're not leveraging like we used to or like you could in the past where you're, you know, 80, 85%. You know, you could get these bridge loans at 80% loan to cost and they finance some of the rehab. Whereas now it's just a much more solid, lower leverage debt. And um, that, that's what I mean by that. And then if you can get the fixed rate loan right now, obviously we know rates are going up. Everyone knows they're going up. How can you underwrite your deal now knowing that you're going to have interest rates rising and you're still going to be successful? That's the piece to really, I think, get right right now. Love it. The only thing I would add to that, so lower leverage, fixed rate, the last thing I would say is longer balloon, right? I'm sure you'd agree with that. These guys yeah. doing high leverage, floaters with a short balloon of like two to four years. Mm-hmm. That's the distress we're going to see because they had the opportunity to buy a great asset, like maybe two, three, four years ago, mm-hmm. or even a year ago. And they got the debt wrong. Like you mentioned, Dan, get the debt right. They got the debt wrong. And because of that, they bought a great asset, but the wrong kind of debt. And they're going to be hurt in the next year or two because they're going to be forced to refire or sell. And the market might level out a little bit and they can't sell for what they thought they could sell for. And so I'm interested, how much of that do you think is in the market? There's really, I don't think that much, but it's going to add some motivated sellers in the next year or two, no doubt. Yeah, I think it's going to very drastically range from market to market too. I think the Sunbelt regions where you're buying for cash flow, you're probably going to have less of it and you've got major growth, job growth, population growth, you know, Texas and in those kind of markets. And, and I think maybe in California and Washington and Oregon and New York, where there wasn't as much cash flow and you levered it high that you might see some of those markets really fluctuate. But our main focus, number one, is cash flow. You know, We're buying for a certain cash on cash return. And ideally, whether the market goes up or down, we're still kicking out nice quarterly returns for investors. And then if the market does level a little bit here and we get some softening rates, that if you want to exit, you can. And if not, you st- sail through the storm. You know, And I think you're right. A longer balloon is great. And then just a the flexibility to not have a yield maintenance around your neck if you're trying to exit. You're getting choked out from that. Just flexibility on our exit. Flexibility with the debt is really is really key. And, and yeah, if you can get longer term, that's that's perfect. I love it. I love it. I'm just writing down a note right now for myself. It's one of the reasons why I love doing podcasts, right? Because I like to talk to smart people like you <laughs> and just kind of talk and ham and egg it back and forth. And I, I got some notes that I take around my, my own business. So the 113 unit in Garland, Texas, a 90 unit coming out in Nashville, Great stuff that you're working on. This conversation around you know getting the debt right, I think that alone is a great podcast. But let's go. Let's continue, Dan, and talk about your specific money making strategy. Right? You mentioned Texas and you mentioned Nashville, two very different markets, but probably have a lot of the same KPIs and metrics around job growth. 
Tell us about your particular structure, your money making strategy. What do you mentioned uh, cash flow and getting a specific cash on cash return? So, what is a good deal in your mind? What is a good deal? What are some different kind of boxes that they have to check to make money the way you like to make money? Yeah, I think, well, first and foremost, at Granite Towers, all we do is provide private investments for our investors. So the way we make money is by bringing great deals to our investors. And, you know, knock on wood, life has been good. Things have been really good over the last five, seven years. We only are buying in landlord-friendly and business-friendly states. Beginning in my career, I bought some in you know Minnesota where I grew up and just seeing the difference of being able to control your rents and evict tenants. You know, you've got bad actors in some of these units. And especially with COVID, you've got some trained habitual people that just decide they don't need to pay rent. Well, if you can't evict that, that's not going to work. So we're strictly Sunbelt you know, landlord-friendly, business-friendly states. That's that's the foundation. Otherwise, we're just not looking. But really, it's just providing great deals. And when I say a great deal, you know, cash flow, cash on cash, somewhere between five and nine percent in this environment, depending on the class, whether it's A, B, or C class, and then somewhere between a ninety to a hundred percent overall five-year return. And that seems to get the job done. It seems to keep our investors happy and satisfied. That's where I'm putting my money. You know, every deal we buy, I have skin in the game. My business partner, Mike, we have our money right alongside our investors on every deal. So if it's something where you know, really, I'm looking for a place to take care of our cash and do it on a bigger scale with investors. And we've got some very, very wealthy investors. We've got some, you know, mom and pop that have just a couple hundred grand that they're looking to place and, you know, be prepared for their child's education, college, future education. So, you know, we're accepting capital from parents, friends, and family. So it's, it's a, it's an, a, a time in a market where you have to be educated. You have to know what you're doing. You have to be cautious. And I think over the next 12 to 24 months, we're going to see some of the best opportunities we might've seen since 2008, nine and 10, just with these rates going up, how far it goes, nobody knows, right? I mean, when does the fed take, take their foot off the gas and start to, you know, push less uh, increases here. And I think when that happens, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see things normalize. But as of right now, we're starting to see more aggressive brokers bringing us deals and just saying submit. And they're giving us these five to 15% like behind the door price reduction saying, hey, if you can just get to this number, the deal's yours. We haven't been, we haven't heard, heard that the last five years. That's just new. Yeah. You know, you've got a lot of people retrading deals. That's, that's new. That's not something that we've ever seen before. It's always been hard money day one, significant hard money day one. That's kind of coming down. So you've got a changing environment right now. And um, our, our job is just to make sure we're buying rock solid deals, picking the right one. There's a lot to choose from right now and just setting it up properly and just hitting, you know, base hits. And ideally it turns into a grand slam. I love it. I love it. There's a lot of things there, Dan, that you mentioned that I want our audience to be writing down, taking notes. So landlord friendly, business friendly climates, sunbelt areas, areas with rent growth, job growth, cash on cash returns of five to 9%. 90 to 100% returns over five years. So again, that 90 to 100, just divide that by five, that's a 18, 17 to 18 to 20% total return, right? Over that five-year period. And you know, for my investors, a lot of that should sound very similar. You mentioned, Dan, something about being educated. I'm just curious what tools or resources, websites, software 
are you using to make sure that you're educated in this market? Are there people that you follow, podcasts that you follow, websites or reports that you're reading to make sure that you're educated? Our audience is always looking to consume more information and be educated themselves. Are there any little tips or tricks that you have around what you use to stay educated in this market? Yeah. First and foremost, before you start raising money and buying deals, I think it's imperative. It's critical to first get educated by someone who's doing it and who's had a track record, a success record that you can verify is true. We're seeing a lot of deals come out from a lot of new syndicators that you know you do a little digging on how many deals they've done and it's their first deal and they're raising fifteen million bucks and they got a forty five million dollar deal. Right. Yeah. And I'm, holy smokes. Yeah. I'm I'm thinking in my head, a how did you get this deal awarded, and and b what what it's going to be like after you take over and you got to asset manage this thing and execute your business plan without having a team that you've done this with before on multiple deals. So. I think step one is find a mentor if you can. Um, I spent a lot of time and wasted a lot of time and money doing weekend seminars. I was flying all over the country as I was transitioning out of my previous career, looking for training. And the training was great, but it was only three-day you know, events. And they would, the information was fantastic. I just couldn't take it all in that quickly. So if you're going to do this and you're going to run this as a business... You got to get trained by somebody. You've got to get around a group or start with a group that has the experience and track record that you know is successful. Other ways we're staying educated is we're in mastermind groups with a lot of high level investors that own three to five, 10,000 doors. And we're just, we're meeting with them. I'm actually headed out tomorrow for five days to Vegas with a mastermind group of investors. And we're just going to talk about the market. We're just going to see what we're seeing high level stuff. You know, how, what problems are you seeing? What markets are popping? What are, what changes are happening? And you just get around other people that have a lot of experience and, and ideas start coming out and you just get caught up and, and educated up on what's likely coming. And, and you start to get a feel, or at least you start to think you get a feel of what's likely coming to maybe adjust your buying criteria and adjust your focus maybe some market adjustments. So mastermind groups are huge. That just came with time. Um, we're using CoStar, you know, to kind of project what's coming in the future. They got a ton of industry data there. A lot of these big firms, CBRE, Marcus and Millichap, mm-hmm. they have really great updates on markets and what they're seeing in markets. So, you know, just, uh, just being in the game, just being around it, just talking to other people, just doing it. And it, you really, you start to get a good feel of what may be coming. Yeah, I love it. I love the fact that we're in this industry, Dan, that so many operators are willing to share, right? We're kind of co-competing over deals and then yet partnering. The deals are so big that it's very easy to partner with another GP or LPs, another person who could sponsor a loan, that it's very much a co-opetition, like we're cooperating while competing for deals. And, and I love that, that so many operators that I've met are willing to share what's working for them, where they're getting their debt, where the, you know, maybe family offices that they've met for equity, maybe, you know, uh, ways to find reports and data. It's such a fun business that way versus residential, which I did for a long time years ago. It, there's still a lot of sharing going on, but the deals are so much smaller. You know, you kind of want to deal, you, you know, one operator for one deal because the profit's just not as big such a great benefit of being in such a large ecosystem of commercial real estate where people are willing to share. And some of the things Dan just mentioned, you know, having a mentor that's in the business, being involved in a mastermind of other operators, three, five, 10,000 doors using CoStar. And then of course, CBRE, Marcus and Millichap that produce amazing reports. We use those as well. It's That's really, really fantastic stuff. Dan, listen, after all the success that you've had, the deals that you're buying, 
you started right as a professional snowboarder and made the transition after 15 years being a professional snowboarder into real estate. My audience loves to hear the entrepreneurial journey, right? The start, the the, the choke points, the 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 roadblocks. Like, so what was it like for you when you first transitioned into that first deal? And then those first couple deals where you were able to make the full successful transition probably wasn't always silky smooth. Tell us about the journey. Yeah. You know, real estate came due to my income became pretty significant as a snowboarder. And I grew up in central Minnesota, middle class, as you can ever imagine. My parents never gave me anything. I worked at TGI Fridays, Blockbuster, Red Lobster, and I basically was paycheck to paycheck. for me. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I was paycheck to paycheck. And then finally my career took off and I started to make, you know, some money. And at the end of that first year, I owed 50% of it to tax. And it was just, I, I just was like, this can't be fair. This can't be how it really truly is. I just sacrificed the last 11 years of my life and I finally am getting money and I got to give half of it away. So I started to read every book I could find just on taxes because it was interesting. I just, there had to be a better way. I figured there was a better way. And I ended up coming across a company out of Arizona called ProVision. And I met with them middle of my career. And we put a plan on paper on how to buy real estate and incorporate my wife so we could reduce our tax bill legally. Mm. And um, I bought a nine unit property in 2012, all my own, all my own money. And then I bought a duplex that same year. And, uh, that was the beginning. And I had a third-party management company. I wasn't super educated at the time, but it was only my money. So there was just me to lose. Luckily, we were in a great time. You couldn't really screw it up at that time to buy. I bought here in Washington, which I wouldn't do anymore. It was a nine-unit deal we wouldn't look at anymore. Right. But it was the beginning. You know, it was it was me operating a deal, working with a management company. I luckily hired a great management company that moved rents and the, the value of that thing shot up and it did really well. And from there, I bought a 24-unit deal back in Minnesota where I'm from and where I grew up. Again, I wouldn't buy there now. I wouldn't buy a 24 unit deal anymore, but it was, uh, it was the way I learned and it was all my money at the time. And then, you know, Mike Broder, my business partner, Granite Tower Executive Group, one of my best friends, he was buying single family homes. And that's when we both decided to buy an apartment together. And that's when he and I kind of came together and we started Granite Towers right around a little after 2015 and got training by a professional and, and really kind of started to work hand in hand with this gentleman out of Dallas. And that really was what moved the needle for us. Are you ready to automate and explode your real estate investing? We're searching for extremely motivated individuals who are sick and tired of wasting time and want to finally see real results from their real estate investing business. We're searching for investors looking to get to the next level and become a bigger, better version of themselves while being a more successful real estate investing entrepreneur. Apply for mentoring and coaching at joshcantwellcoaching.com forward slash podcast. That's joshcantwellcoaching.com forward slash podcast. Got it. Love it. What did you learn? You mentioned the weekend boot camps, and that's information, but you need to apply it, the application. You mentioned this mentor out of Dallas, 2015. You then took that information and really applied it. It became the actual application in the field. Tell us about the difference because so many people are consuming information from YouTube or podcasts or weekend events. That application, that application, like the application of watching a snowboarder versus actually snowboarding, right? Versus actually 
doing some amazing things that I see on X Games and these kind of things. Like that is the difference between information and application. The yeah. information of weekend boot camps podcast versus application. What does that mean to you? What was the difference? What actually happened in the dirt on the ground that made you successful? Yeah, well, the weekend boot camps, like again, information is amazing, but I come home and I wouldn't really know how to apply it. You don't really have the the person there holding your hand. There is a lot to learn in real estate, especially multifamily, where you're buying a business and managing a business. And how do you actually come in and buy a $15 million deal, be taken seriously enough, then raise the money, put together a business plan and make it all successful. There's there's a lot to it. It doesn't, I know when I say it, it doesn't sound hard. And obviously now it's become more clear. But um, when I first started it, there isn't a clear roadmap on how to get that done. So for me and, and us, it was really the, the the ongoing training as we were looking for deal. Our first deal our, took us 15 months to find our first deal. Were there other deals out there? Yeah, we just weren't comfortable, didn't have the underwriting, didn't have the team in place. We didn't have the right relationships in place. And then once things started to move, they moved really quickly. There's a lot of momentum. But in the beginning, it was just the hand-holding and just being absolutely persistent and just not giving up. I think that's probably the thing that you know resonates with my snowboarding career and this. So many kids I grew up with in Minnesota all moved out west with me. We were in Minnesota and we all talked about moving out west when we got out of high school. And we had five guys who were really, really great at snowboarding. They all moved out west with me. And I, I was the most committed. I knew I was. They didn't know it at the time, but I wasn't going to quit no matter what. This is what I was doing, period. And I remember over the four-year period when we moved out there, one of these guys would just drop off and then another guy would drop off and they'd all of a sudden be gone and they, they just quit, you know? And I think that anything you do, you just got to be absolutely laser focused and you can't quit. And that's, that's the same thing with real estate is pick what you're going to do. And for us, we we're focused on just one asset class. We're not focused on storage and retail and multifamily. It's just multifamily right now, you know, specifically a B and C class property. And, um, that's really, it is just daily massive action, make mistakes, gut check. Why didn't you get a deal? What, what do you need to do to improve and just continually you know, make changes and improve. And then all of a sudden you're buying your first deal. Our first deal was a 45 unit deal in River Falls, Wisconsin. We raised $575,000. We bought it for $2.1 million. That was back in 2017. You know, it ended up doubling to four. We sold it for 4.1 million 24 months later and uh, kicked kicked a 200% return for our investors. And, you know, that's not how they all are. They're not all that big of home runs, but when we first got, yeah, yeah, right. When we first got the deal though, it was just like, oh my gosh, are we gonna be able to raise the money? And within probably, you know, two days it was raised. It wasn't difficult. We were, we had the foundation, we had the team, we had the investors and, you know, one at a time we just went. Got it. I love it. I was going to ask you about advice, but you just gave a bunch of it right there, right? Focus, not quitting, focusing on one asset class, 15 months to your first deal, right? So I tell my people on this show all the time, you have to be aggressive, but patient. And people are like, well, what do you mean? I just want to be aggressive all the time. Yes, you can be very aggressive, right? Like you could be aggressive on the football field and be a great wide receiver and be aggressive in the way that you run routes and go for touchdowns. But you have to be patient because the quarterback might not throw you the ball. 
You still need to be aggressive on the next route and the next route and the next route. It's no different than making offers here. Be aggressive on every offer. Look at what number makes sense for you. You know, if you get into a, a call to offers, multiple offers, you have to be aggressive and making the best offer that you can. But if you don't get it, you have to be patient. It sounds like you did that. You waited 15 months. Tell us about that, that 15 months of kind of slow waiting, kind of agony. You're like going all in, but you're like, crap, we haven't found a deal for 15 months. That had to be a little bit frustrating. And then what was it like when you landed that deal 15 months later? Yeah, gosh, I, that what you just described there is exactly it. That's how it is. Aggressive, but patient. But yeah, I felt like we were stuck in the mud. You know, I remember just like we'd offer and offer and offer and we just weren't getting it right. We weren't winning. We weren't being taken serious. We were too scattered in too many different markets. The brokers were like, who are you guys? You're new. We don't take you serious, right? It just took time of being relentlessly consistent with a couple brokers. If we could do it all over again, we would have just picked Dallas-Fort Worth as our first market and we would have just honed in on two or three brokers and been absolutely resilient with them. And you know, when you don't win a deal, you got to bust their nuts a little bit. You come back and you're like, wait, we just spent 40 hours. Why, why didn't we get that deal? That was supposed to be our deal. What happened? You know, and you, you you push them a little bit and they start to feel a little bad. These are good people. They want you to win deals. They want you to stick around. And after enough time, they'll start to be moved a little bit more to the front of the line. You know, everyone starts in the back of the line. Oh, yeah. It is. doesn't matter where you start. I mean, snowboarding, when I came around, I had nothing in snowboard. Nobody knew who I was. My dad didn't snowboard. I didn't have brothers, no cousins, nothing, zero. And after 10 years, finally, people were like, oh, yeah, Breezy, he's we know who he is. But for the first 10 years, it was like this no one, this kid coming up. So yeah. same with multifamily. They don't know who you are. You're you're trying to figure it out. You're they're They're wondering if you're serious. But after enough time, they're like, all right, these guys have been swinging and they're not going away. Let's let's get them in a deal. Got it. I love it. This is such good advice. And I, and Dan, you probably have felt this. I've mentioned this before that even the deals that you offer on that you don't win, you're still winning because you're in the game, especially if you're like in the last two or three or four offers, because the broker is going to come back and be like, you know, I, I kind of, I, I kind of owe breezy one. Like I, next time he makes an offer, I kind of owe him one. Like let's, let's, let's maybe get him at the front of the line, nudge him in, make sure he's one of the last two. And then maybe if he makes a good offer, I'm going to go back to the seller and say, hey, you know, you should pick Breezy or Cantwell this time. Like we kind of owe them one and there'd be a good buyer for you. Yep. So just getting in the game, making offers, being aggressive. I love the advice that you just gave about picking a couple of brokers, two or three, picking one market, really kind of going deep with them. Every deal that they have come out, tour it, underwrite it, offer on it. And if you're not going to offer on it, tell them why. Or if you're going to, if you're going to stop offering, tell them why. And they're going to get to know you really well. And then again, when you don't get a deal, now they're like, ah, oh, I kind of owe breezy one. So that's then right. that next deal falls in your lap, right? Same experience right. for you. That's exactly right. And, and the other piece with that is you make offer after offer after offer. You learn something about your underwriting. You learn something about the deal. You call the broker and say, hey, where do we come up short? How much did it come to be? What, what, you know, Maybe you have somebody take a look at your underwriting that has been winning deals. Or maybe you hop on an investor webinar that's being an, an offering and you can see how they won the deal. Because a lot of times there's four or five buyers that we'll know well that will offer on the same deal that we'll miss out on. And then they'll come out with a webinar because we know them well, and we'll watch to see how they underwrote the deal. And you can see exactly what they did versus what we did. And then you start to say, Hmm, I see what they did and I'm just not comfortable with that. So they can have that deal. Or yeah. you're like, dang, I can't believe we didn't think of that. We need to implement that moving forward. So it's just, again, just being in the game, being a little bit obsessive. I mean, 
being completely obsessive, let's just be honest with snowboarding. The only reason I made it is I was obsessed. People were like breezy's nuts. He, that's all he talks about. It's all he thinks about. And the same with real estate, you know, it's just what we're doing now. That's all that really matters when it comes to work. So obsession is huge. If you can get a big, why, if you have a reason of why, and you feel this desire to, to really move the needle, you'll find a way. I love it. I've got a beautiful workout room we've built downstairs. I'm recording this from my home office in the basement. I've got a giant mirror and I took a, a marker and I wrote, be obsessed or be average. The That's choice it. is That's right. right. So one last question, Dan, and I, because you've experienced this now twice in snowboarding and in multifamily real estate, and I think you've already answered this, but I'm going to ask you one more time because I think you, you're just so qualified to answer this. What's the difference between a good amateur and a pro, right? Yeah. A good amateur, like you said, the five guys that moved from Minnesota out West or, you know, in real estate, there's a good amateur who maybe buys a couple of buildings or owns a couple units in a nice portfolio versus a pro that owns 3000 units or 5,000 or 10,000. What's the difference? What's the little difference? You mentioned relentless. You mentioned obsession. What else would you add to that? Yeah, I just, you outwork everybody. You're, you put in the most effort by far, bar none. And for a long period of time, you know, it's just that simple. You just, you, you look at anybody, anybody. And it's funny because when I was growing up in Minnesota, everyone was like, yeah, Breezy's crazy. That's all he talks about is snowboarding. He's snowboarding, snowboarding, snowboarding. And I'm like, man, no one really cares about snowboarding around here. And then I finally transitioned to the pro level and every single guy was just like me. They all were nuts, obsessed. That's all they talked about. We'd go snowboarding all day. We'd watch snowboarding videos all night. We'd go to the gym. We'd hit the hay. We'd get up and do it all over again. And that's it. And you just do that for a 10-year period. And you have some natural athletic ability. But if you are that person and you are absolutely relentless, you want it so bad, you know, you just, you want it so bad. You can't even sit still. It's It's like a burning feeling in your body where if you don't put in the work, you just feel uncomfortable. That's, that's the person who's going to make it. Oh, that's fantastic advice, Dan. Listen, I've had an absolute blast getting to know you today on Accelerated Investor. Tell us again, where can our audience connect with you? I know you're you're active on LinkedIn. You've got a lot of videos on YouTube. Tell us where they can find you on your website. Yeah, you can just go to www.granitetowersequitygroup.com and there's a contact us form or you can look me up on Instagram. It's just my my name is at Dan Breezy. That's D-A-N-B-R-I-S-S-E. Send me a message there and we can connect that way. Absolute great stuff today, Dan. Thanks so much for joining me today on Accelerated Investor. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me. I had a great time. Well, there you have it, guys. Listen, I man, Dan is such a dynamo. Again, multiple X Games gold medals. And I love the fact that he just over and over and over mentioned the word relentless, obsessed, the most effort, and doing it over the longest period of time. Notice that when Dan and I were talking, we didn't talk about being success, you know, successful, being obsessed, being relentless, and being an overnight success. We didn't talk about that. We talked about long-term success, being successful over a long period of time. And I think that's most important. So thanks for joining me today on Accelerated Investor. If you're looking for your next jump into commercial real estate, you're looking for your mentor, mastermind, or partner, go visit me at joshcantwellcoaching.com. There you're going to see our application to apply to be in our forever passive income 
group. That forever passive income group is focused on doing deals together, partnering together, masterminding together, and coaching. I lead the group. There's over 75 members and growing. We'd be super excited to have you apply for that program today at joshcantwellcoaching.com. Also, don't forget to leave us a rating and review. I would be so excited and so grateful if you would share this episode all over social media, on your Facebook, on your Instagram, on your LinkedIn, and help us continue to create great synergies inside of the Accelerated Investor community. We'll see you next time. Take care. You were just listening to the Accelerated Investor Podcast with Josh Cantwell. If you enjoyed this episode and learned something new, help us build the AI community by leaving a review and five-star rating on our iTunes podcast channel. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss another episode. To see passive investing opportunities, visit freelandventures.com slash passive. To start your journey toward the lifestyle you've always dreamed of with multifamily apartments, apply for one-on-one -on -one coaching with Josh at www.joshcantwellcoaching.com. <laughs>